Hey everybody, welcome to The Watching Dead. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we have a, a little bit of special content for you today. This is a review of Night of the Living Dead. It's part of our Month of the Dead, but this was not recorded this month, or even this year, in fact. It was this recorded... Is a, a time capsule. 2010. This was before you had ever heard of us, certainly, because this was before we had ever released anything. This was in... We intended to go live with our flagship show of the first season of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And, and and you had the idea. This was all your idea. Um, you, you were pretty reluctant to uh, do any kind of podcasting stuff. Well, we, we So all. we wanted to do Mad Men. Then we wanted to do Breaking Bad. And these were all season three at the time. And we're yeah. like, God damn it, we fucked it up. We then you're like, our window. then you're like, hey, Walking Dead. I love these comics. It's a show. We should we should get on. And I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a horror pussy. I don't like zombie stuff. And you 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 got me to read like the first compendium, and I'm like, okay, I guess I could get behind this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why we didn't. I, I I don't recall why we didn't go live with Zombie Drill. Uh, we got cold feet as we do on most of our projects. Did we? I think. Yeah, like we we needed a website and like just a bunch of random stuff added up. Yes, yeah, because you know even our first few times where we were doing the ball, the Breaking Good and and Walking Watching Dead, we had these and conceived as separate entities. We had separate Facebook pages, yeah. and quickly once we got to our third show, we're like, "This is stupid. What are we doing? We need to roll <laughs> this all in the bald move." Uh-huh. Uh But yeah, so this we we. So you said, wanted you wanted me to get steeped in zombie lore, so yeah. it wouldn't seem like I was a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. And as a as as a way to do that and to warm up the whole zombie drill thing, we decided to cover some of the seminal zombie f- movies. I had not seen any of them. Yeah, no, these are the big ones. These are the Romero films, uh, the the grandfather of of zombies, if you will. Uh, so we sat down in front of your fireplace. We recorded this thing. This was five years ago. Very romantic. Uh, it was on the bearskin rug. Well, yeah, it was It was a, a poor choice given the reflective nature of the fireplace in the first place. Sure. Uh, as you'll probably hear in this thing, the audio quality is poor to say the least. Uh, we didn't have the equipment that we have now, obviously, and none of the knowledge. So it's going to sound pretty bad. Also, there's probably some, some shit in here that I'm not proud of. I think my opinion on Night of the Living Dead has changed quite a bit. Not as far as how important it is. But as far as some of the issues that it intentionally tried to deal with and some of them that it didn't and just happened to kind of stumble into. Hmm. So I, I'm not entirely on board with even my own review at this point. But that's the nature of the time capsule format, right? Yeah. Anytime you look back five years, there's a reason these have been unreleased up until now. And we thought it would be kind of fun mm-hmm. uh, to to have this look back and, and see how, you know, kind of a what if. What if we had gone down this path? Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I think that some of this stuff is really funny, mm-hmm. and uh, you can definitely see the the seeds of the the Jim and Aaron experience here. Yeah, just unpolished. But uh, that's it. I mean, like so many turds. Uh, it's about, it's about an hour long, so enjoy, and we'll be back next week, I guess, with another one of these things, or in a couple days, I think we're releasing another. Yeah, not the, certain. We next Friday uh, we got the one again next Wednesday, and then next Friday, and then okay. the next Wednesday, not the next Friday. Yeah, so you, actually, <laughs> go to ca- we we just add something new uh, due to a demand and our recognizing that we had a need here. Calendar.baldmove.com. 
You can see all of our release schedules for this month. And we're going to be populating out November here pretty soon. And if you want to see what else is going on with Month of the Dead, there's a page for that. It's a giant banner across the top of our site. It says Month of the Dead. Click it. You can see uh, how to enter contest, what kind of contest we're doing, um, what other kind of content we're doing, all that sort of stuff. Do you want to real quick tell people how they can enter the contest? Yeah, you've only got uh, two more days, really, to get it in there. But uh, we need you to be signed up for Patreon or Subbable. You can get that at patreon.com slash baldmove or subbable.com slash baldmove. Those links are in the show notes. Subbable is no purchase necessary. You can sign up for free, so you don't actually have to give us money. Mm-hmm. Then you send us an email to watchingdead at baldmove.com and say you want to enter. Because we're trying to... I'd just be happy to pull a, a random uh, uh, two people out of our existing Patreon and subbable members, but not everybody can get to Atlanta to go to the yeah. Walker Stalker Con. Mm-hmm. These are really nice VIP passes. You get two uh, per winner, so you can take uh, your significant other, your brother or sister, or your zombie fan in your life. Uh, they're pretty significant prizes. It's a good time. We'd like to only give them out to people that can actually make use of them. Now, next week and every week in the rest of October, we'll have a general contest. We'll be giving away uh, Walking Dead Blu-rays or DVDs, uh, some zombie figurines, some uh, other stuff. A T-shirt from our store. T-shirt from our store and a copy, a free copy of the book that I have recently written, mm-hmm. The Walker, Walking Dead Survival Guide for Season 1. And if you're familiar with my survival guides... I basically did that for season one and then wrote a little mini review and recap of each episode. Had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it's a, it's a, something you can get on the Amazon store, but you can get a free copy if you win the contest. Cool. Uh, be a link for that in the show notes as well. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this spiel up front and enjoy the content. Listening to the Zombie Drill Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the AMC series The Walking Dead. Hey, everybody, I'm back with episode two of Zombie Drill. Uh, this time I'm returning with a co host, believe it or not. You might recognize him from baldmove.com and from Blue Yonder. Uh, he is. Hey, Ron Hubbard. Yeah, step up to that mic. Don't be afraid. Not, <laughs> not yet. We have got a lot of stuff to cover this week. The show's not out yet, obviously, so we're going to do some news about the show. Um, going to do a review of Night of the Living Dead, and we're also going to do Zombie Survival Tip of the Week. So let's get right into it with some news. I was searching around the internet and saw this cool thing they're doing in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's a Walking Dead celebration, and it's going to happen Halloween night in the lead-up to the episode airing. Put on by BigShinyRobot.com and the Geek Show podcast. I haven't actually listened to that podcast, but it could be cool. I mean, they're putting on a zombie celebration. Um, like I said, Halloween night, um, it's happening at Brewvie's Cinema Pub, for all you Salt Lake listeners. <laughs> it's going to be a screening of 28 Days Later at 6 o'clock. And then there's going to be a costume contest, I assume zombie-related, not Mary Poppins costume contest. That would be kind of ridiculous. And uh, then they're going to do the premiere of The Walking Dead right there in the theater. So that sounds pretty awesome. Anybody who's in Salt Lake City should go check that out. That is pretty cool. Um, I told Jim about this at Gen Con this year. They actually had a zombie-themed after-party uh, Friday night. 
And what they did is they assembled everyone at the convention center. Uh-huh. And they had hundreds, probably not as many as two, but more than a hundred people <laughs> dressed up as zombies. And they all got together at the convention center. And then they shambled from the convention center to the bar. <laughs> it was like a several blocks. And it was very, very cool seeing these zombies, thumb, you know, shambling down Washington Avenue street. Yeah. What if you're just walking down the street and you see hundreds of zombies walking yeah, down the road? I, I watched from a window and, uh, you know, it's Gen Con, so by that time, people had seen Stormtroopers and Bumblebee yeah, and yeah. Slave Girls. And so they know what's up. So, yeah. yeah, but still, it was un- it was unsettling. <laughs> I bet, yeah. They do the zombie uh, walks all around the country, like in San Francisco. I know it there's one like in Chicago. Of, it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it would be cool to go to one of those. I've never been, though. Um, also, one other thing about that zombie celebration is that it's 21 or older, so if you got kids or something, sorry. Next piece of news is a fan actually made an opening credit sequence to The Walking Dead, and I'll post a, a link to this on the forums. Um, I actually did an article about it on the website, uh, made a blog post, but I don't know if everybody's listening, or everybody who's listening is looking at the blog, so it, it's really cool. It's totally professionally done. It looks like what they did is they took graphics directly out of the comic book. Like I think they actually ripped up their comic books and scanned them to get these graphics and then made this whole animation in this very, very cool style um, with the credit sequence with all the names and everything. Yeah, they did a lot of like panning and jump cuts uh-huh. and with the... And layered, the, and, and, layered and, and, and uh, graphics. colors and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it made it... It is really nice looking. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, also, they will be showing the first full scenes from The Walking Dead at New York Comic Con. And I'm not exactly sure when that is. Uh, I'm assuming it's before the show airs, but because it would be kind of ridiculous if not. Exclusive <laughs> series that came out two days ago. Some guy whipped out his VHS camera and was like, I got these. Um, yeah, so if you're going to New York Comic Con, enjoy that. Also, they have just started releasing the graphic novels simultaneously in digital and print form. So now you can get them day and date when they come out in print. You can also get the the digital form. Um, and I actually did a post on the blog about, uh, I think it's called Comics X or something like that. Um, it's a comic book reader for the iPhone, which is really cool and I'm using. That is hot. I like that. I yeah. Like that feature where, I, like Jim, the way he described it, I didn't get it, but then we put it in his <laughs> hand. It's like, it, I thought he was talking about it's a page at a time, so you don't accidentally spoil yourself by thumbing through the middle <laughs> of the comic. But it actually just shows panel at a time. Yeah. It advances one panel, panel, so it's like, you you know, if, you, if you're reading a comic book, sometimes you're starting up the top left page, you see something mm-hmm. at the bottom right that's like, oh, this way you just get it. It's, the impact is, I'm doing a bad job explaining it. <laughs> the impact is such that it's, you know, very, it's like a page turner. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You know, next panel, next panel. Because I always get spoiled by, like, the comics that do the full page panels. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll have one uh, a page of, like, four panels on the left and then a full page panel on the right. And how can you not look at that? Yeah. As soon as you see it, so. It kind of reminded me of Playboy of all things. <laughs> made animated Hellboy comics. They took a couple of clap back when the movie was first released, the first Hellboy. They uh, had taken a couple of classic Hellboy graphic novels, and they had done kind of like a Walking Dead trailer treatment. Yeah, yeah. Made painting, and a couple like, you know, a bird, instead of it being freezer, like, wake its way across the uh, frame and did, mm-hmm. you know, sound effects and it was like one panel at a time and it, it hmm. does add some suspense to it. That's Especially pretty cool. for something like Hellboy or Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I think that's about it for news. Um, we watched Night of the Living Dead last night, did we not? We did. We did, we did. And I just want to say that, before we get too much further, I'm pretty much a zombie virgin. Uh, yeah, see. The film that I've seen is I Am Legend and Shaun of the Dead. And I Am Legend is, I think, supposed to be vampires. Well, the new one is not. The new one's pretty much... Well, I guess no, I think the new one is too. Yeah, but but I, I think it's got much more akin to a zombie film uh, than it does a vampire film. Both yeah, I can see both of those. Do. Sure. Um, wow. So you've uh, you've got some catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you watch. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make you watch all of the of the dead movies. Well, I talked to uh, it was. One of my developers, it was his quarterly review today, so I took him out to eat for lunch, and he's a big horror film fan. And cool. I was talking about how, you know, I'm co-hosting this with you, and he said, uh, I told him the same thing, and his, like, jaw dropped, and he, like, came up with a quick top five <laughs> zombie film. Uh-huh. His favorite is Return of the Night of the Living Dead, I think. Re- a kind of campy one. Yeah, yeah. Return of the uh, Living Dead. The Return of the Living Dead, where because it's like it's he goes, it's not the be- ne- necessarily the best quality. It's the first one he remembers seeing. Sure, so it's like sure. the first. You know, the first is always a special one. That's a really good one. That's almost a comedy. It's yeah, it is. It, it, it really seen, is. I've seen a little bit of that on like you know USA at uh-huh. two o'clock in the morning. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm going to touch on when we get to review about why kind of horror films. I'm, I'm not necessarily horror film compatible. Hmm, okay. But, um, so it'll be an interesting experiment here. But he also mentioned like a Peter Jackson one. He said that you, uh, zombie. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I, for, I forget what it was. But he said, uh, it's crazy. I, I think it's called Brain Dead in some regions, and it's called, uh, uh I can't think of the name. Um, but it's definitely called Brain Dead in some regions. Yeah. But, I, uh, yeah, he, but Night of the Living Dead is right up there, too. The original. He said that was in his top five. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead is a phenomenal movie. I actually had forgotten how good it was until we watched it the other night. Yes. Um, and especially when you consider when it was made and for like the, what the budget was, it was actually pretty impressive. And some genuinely tense, I won't say there's a, like frightening parts, but there was genuinely tense you know, moments. And then the sure. ending was just, is just mind-blowing. Yeah, the ending is really phenomenal. But let's let's go ahead and get into the review, I guess, since we're talking about it. First of all, a little background on it. Um, This movie was made in 1968, and it's kind of a low-budget indie movie. Uh, I know he had some trouble raising the money, and like they they said the budget was going to be $6,000 in the beginning, and it ended up turning into a lot more. It ended up, I think, $114,000. And they got it in like $6,000 increments. They were just like, we need more money. We need more money. I'm actually surprised that's how much it cost. Because the movie looks like it was shot, and I think this must have been a stylistic choice. Uh-huh. But the movie looked like it was shot in like late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, it did. It's got that feel. Sure, sure. And, and they shot it in black and white. I think that was a choice too. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what he was trying to say with that, but it, well, I think it fits into a social commentary because there's a lot of racial tones. Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, there's also connections to Vietnam. I think. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on with Vietnam then. I don't know. When did the war start? Was it actually happening then, or oh, was yeah. it leading up to it? I believe so. In 68. Oh, God. I'm much better at Civil War than Vietnam. But it seems <laughs> like uh, the height of Vietnam War was like 68 to 72. Really? Okay. So it had just really kicked in. Um, 
Yeah, but basically this film redefined the term zombie. They're, they had used it in some movies, like the White Zombie, which was made in the 30s. Um, and, like, I Walked with the Zombie or something like that um, were really two of the only films that used it. And it usually was just, like, living people who are controlled by voodoo or some spell or curse. Yeah, I mean, you, when you said redefined, it's literally true, because zombie had, it's it's a, it's got a definitive meaning, and it was yeah. all about, you know, voodoo and from the mm-hmm. Asian culture, and the, the zombie word is actually <laughs> from that culture. Yeah, and it had and nothing to do that. with the dead. Exactly. Nothing. Um, so he took that and he turned it into the undead coming back to life. Was the Z word actually used in this film? I don't think so. I think they ha- they talked about them coming back to life, but I don't think they ever said zombie. Yeah, I wonder what the first movie was to call. Because I've noticed a lot of zombie movies don't call them zombies. Yeah. You know? Like, huh. in, in fact, that's kind of uh, lampshaded in Shaun of the Dead, because they're like, don't say the dead word. <laughs> they're zombies! Yeah, yeah. Because nobody wants to believe that zombies could be roaming around. Even when they're walking around. Yeah, when you see them. Another cool thing about it is... This film is actually in the public domain. This has no copyright. How did that happen? What happened is they made an original cut of it, and they were going to call it Night of the Flesh Eaters, and they had the copyright statements and everything in the title card there. And what happened is they changed the name, and whatever publishing company they were using neglected to put the copyright statement on, and I guess it's a law that you must have the copyright statement in the title card or something to actually have a copyright. And so when they released it, they released it without a copyright. And wow. so now it is totally free to replicate. I, in fact, I might have even post it to our website because it is totally. It sounds like total. <laughs> I'll believe you say it. I mean, it seems like it, totally. Like, yeah. Technicality like that. I mean, mm-hmm. if nothing else, it, you know, they should have had some sort of copyright for maybe not the extensions that they grant to normal piece of work, but it seems like sure. just by creating virtue of creating something, you should have the co- exclusive copyright to it. Yeah. Like an implied copyright with yeah. like they do with websites and stuff like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's not the case. And George Romero actually was pretty angry about that. Him and John Rousseau, I guess were the guys who wrote this and uh, yeah, they just got screwed out of their money. Hmm. Cause I, I guess he never saw a penny from the making of this other than what he used to survive while making it. It's like New Line Cinema claims that they never made money on Lord of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so let's go into the actual review of it. I wanted to talk up front just about some of the characters, like uh, Johnny, one of the first characters you see, who's Barbara's brother. Um, they're going up to the cemetery to visit their dad, I guess, in the grave. Mm-hmm. And this guy is the biggest complainer I've ever seen. Like, he is whining about everything at the starting of this movie. Yes. He, he definitely was is a very much a dick. And to like, I think that was maybe one of the first morals you could take away from the movie. The fact that, you know, it's such a big deal to pay respects to his relatives. Uh, and you know what? Well, the relatives want to climb out of the grave and kill him. <laughs> yeah, respect the dead or they'll get Yeah, and he's 24 hours later, he's one of the dead, shambling dead. And he is, like, constantly taunting Barbara. Yes. Like he's, he's not only a whiner, he's also a jerk. Like, he does not know when to stop with a joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just thought it was hilarious. I also, one other thing I thought was hilarious about him is, did he remind you of Clark Kent? Like, 
any moment, I expected him to whip off his glasses and turn into <laughs> Superman. And I think the, uh, the iconic glasses are what threw you because okay. you know, the dude did not look like either the Reeves version or the whoever the hell, <laughs> the new Superman guy. But I felt like he sounded like him. Maybe I was just imagining that. Maybe it was the glasses. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the opening scene, uh, let's talk a little bit about Barbara. Okay. What do you think about Barbara? Well, that kind of segs to my problem with horror films. I realized <laughs> as I was watching this and thinking about it, because I got incredibly... I've often said I don't like horror films, and people think that I don't like them because they're too scary. <laughs> I am not afraid of much, let alone a zombie film. But it does it stress me out. And I realized that... You know, movies like Predator and Aliens do not stress me out, even though there are hmm. very tense things and scary things happening. And I think it's because the protagonists in those films are competent. You've got a team hmm. of veteran space marines with machine guns. Sure. Yes, sure. they might be making a hopeless last stand, but they're not doing deliberately stupid things and struggling to open doors and tripping, <laughs> yeah, tripping over their feet. Heels. Yep. And Arnold say no more. He actually does kill, you know, the, the, the big bad guy. Sure. And I, I thought about like, you know, when I've had girlfriends or my son, when I watch them struggle with a video game that I'm competent at, I mm-hmm. feel almost the same feeling of like, I feel like I should be getting up and helping these people. <laughs> tripping that I need to assist this person part of my brain. Sure. I'm supposed to sit there and do nothing. And I just get tense and yeah. kind of angry and pissy. And Barbara hit all those buttons, you know, a brisk walk. And a calm, brisk walk, getting into a car and putting mm-hmm. the keys in the thi- and, and, and the car would have saved her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she didn't die. Yeah. But she was a lot more uh, nip and tuck than it should have been. Well, she didn't have the keys. To be Just to be fair, they were in Johnny's pocket, I think. Oh. Because well, she, she pushed the car down the hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Any, anyway, but yeah, walking down the street, she falls over on her own feet. Yeah, and just like, you know, sat there in the car helplessly while this thing's bashing a brick against the yeah. the, the window. It just, anytime I see people doing, I see incompetent people do dumb things in a crisis mm-hmm. situation, it really kicks in my, <laughs> I need to step in there and help this person out. And so that's why it'll be interesting to see if I warm up to the, the other aspects. Now... I think that also the better a film is, the mm. more I'm able to get over that and just absorb. Like, I thought I Am Legend was excellent because, you know, Will Smith was very good at making, you know, me connect with him. Yeah, and he's he also, wasn't making dumb decisions. No, he's also a very competent person. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a couple other horror films that have been really good, like Dracula. Yeah. I can't remember if there was, like, you know, if Lucy did stupid things and that or not, but... The more well-made a film is, the more I tend to enjoy it. And I have a feeling that I'm going to be stressed out by a few of these things that you're going to show me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's something here for the, in the name of science. And because I'm, in my mind, AMC can do no wrong. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm, I'm very much interested to see what they're, like, in the, the Mad Men quality take of Walking Dead. And they're also pulling from really good source material. Yeah. So... Because I've not read the series, and I don't plan on it. I read maybe four or five pages of the first just on, on Jim's uh, iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen, you know, I've, I've, he's got a bunch of the graphic novels. I've seen their covers, and I've thumbed through a few. And I've got to say, the, the, I was very impressed, from what I could tell, by the dialogue and by the pencil and ink work on this 
uh, Matt, uh, on this uh, graphic novel, The Walking Dead. The interesting thing about that is actually there's a guy named Tony Moore who did the first six issues, I think. And he actually is no longer doing the art. So you might actually be disappointed or happy, depending on what you think of the new guy's artwork. We'll see. Anyway, um, my thing with Barbara, I I think you're right. She does a bunch of stupid stuff. I'm going to play devil's advocate and say maybe it's because she's traumatized by what she's been through. I mean, she gets attacked immediately right off the bat. Then the zombie chases her into the car. The zombie chases her out of the car. She sees this messed up corpse at the top of the stairs in the house. I mean, she's seen a lot. She's been through a lot. I can kind of give it to her that she's traumatized. But, I mean, yeah, the, you might be right. It's She's making a lot of dumb decisions right off the bat. And she just seems to be that kind of stereotypically helpless heroine that sure. needs to be saved. And that, I don't know, I just find that mildly annoying. And she's kind of, I kind of felt like her role is supposed to be like the audience. Like, she's just every woman. And, you know, because the hero guy, the, 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 the I kind of think of him as a sheriff, even though I don't think he was. Yeah, his name's Ben. Uh, yeah, Ben was like very much competent. And uh, I think Barbara's supposed to be like, just like every, you know, the, the bewildered, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. But I, like I said, I, I don't know. I saw myself closer to Ben than Barbara. <laughs> Uh, that brings me, yeah, let's talk about Ben. Ben is a man who does not stage hammer. No. Ben. Hammers the out of those barricades. He hammers those windows closed like it's his job. Right. He really does. I don't think he stage slaps either. No, he really hit her. <laughs> Romero was like, no, no, no. He, 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 the first time he did it, he didn't hit her. Right. Second time Romero said hit her. Yeah, you can do better. I haven't told her, but you're going to hit her this time. <laughs> Same with the the one the mouthy dude. It's like the guy that's like, oh, we got to get oh, into the uh, cellar. Cooper, oh, I'm the cellar. Yeah, his name's Cooper. Hanging with Mister Cooper. Which I gotta say, I was kind of on his side in the whole cellar argument. What mm. did barricading yourself in the house do that barricading yourself in the cellar wouldn't do better? Um. Well, the cellar, there's no way out. That's the problem. The, well, yeah, the zombies get in the house. He, it's not like they were running from that house when there was, like, armies of zombies outside. No, but what if the house gets set on fire or something? I mean, they're going to be stuck. going to run out to the, you know, horde of zombies? It's that or burn to death? I mean, well, here, here's the better option. You go upstairs and you demolish the stairwell. <laughs> demolish zombies, the staircase. These zombies, I don't think they've gotten the cannon right yet because these zombies are actually kind of clever. I mean, the one dude used the tool to yeah. smash open a window. He cut. He ripped down the power and phone lines. Deliberate. He, I think so. Yeah. He ripped down the power lines and the, and the phone lines so that they were effectively cut off. Um, so I don't. I don't know that demolishing the staircase. I mean, this is that uh, Brooks, Max Brooks. Sure. Uh, the uh, zombie survival guide. Zombie survival guide. I have great. Uh, we'll probably get into this eventually. I have oh, yeah. problems with that guide. Huh. Okay. I don't know that destruction of staircase would be the end-all, be-all zombie defense strategy. I think it would certainly be better than barricading yourself into the cellar, because then you have a way out. You have second-story windows. You can get out on the roof. You can do whatever. I mean, distract them on one side of the house and run off the other side of the house. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a better option than the cellar. Cooper, Cooper in my mind, was an imbecile. I mean, he is a bully when he can be. And when he runs up against someone like Ben, who won't take his crap, 
he then turns into a whiny, pig-headed, stubborn idiot who won't take advice, who won't listen to good ideas right. when he's presented with them. Right. So, like, Cooper, Cooper to me, he's actually a really good character. I mean, he's well-written. He's consistent throughout the entire thing. Never, never does he change his tone yeah, or... he's consistently an ass. Yeah, <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Right. Um, I, I think all the characters are actually strong for what they're, they're being written as. Right. So the writing here is definitely good. Um, the last person I want to talk about, there are a few other people, but Tom, he's like the farm boy, uh, the younger guy, mm-hmm. and he, to me, would make the perfect Robin. Yeah. He sounded like Robin. He looked yeah. like Robin. Yeah. Just put a cape and spandex on that man. I would say holy adjective noun Batman. That's what I was doing the entire movie. I was yeah. like, holy freaking zombies, Batman. <laughs> right, right, right. Holy walking dead. <laughs> holy hole in the zombie head. <laughs> holy zombie head. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you touched on the canon of zombies and like Ramiro's take on them. And I kind of wanted to go over that a little bit more in depth and and say what we noticed about them. Now let's not let's not really take it from the aspect of how they how it stacks up to other zombie movies. I kinda wanna just take it from the aspect of itself. Like what what were the zombies presented as in this movie? We already said they were they were clever. Mm-hmm. They were able to use tools, they were able to rip down power lines and phone lines. Um, they were definitely the slow type. There you go. Although uh, they were shamblers. Not like I, I mean, it depends on how decrepit the zombie work was, because the mm-hmm. one zombie at the cemetery was able to shamble pretty damn fast. He shambled fast, like, and he you wrestled. Just walk away with the from dude. that zombie, and yeah, he was. He yeah. wrestled with uh, what's his name? Yeah, he had Johnny. Some, he had some almost living coordination. Yeah, so that was that was interesting take on it. Um, they're definitely afraid of fire. We know that. Yeah, because they were actively repelled by that torch mm-hmm. um, and he kicks that couch out the flaming couch and they freak out that'd be a good band name uh, flaming couch flaming couch <laughs> no that'd be a bad band name <laughs> um, the other thing that I thought was crazy is the zombies don't make noise like there are very so few times there's a couple times in the movies like yeah. when, when they were getting whacked with flaming sticks they didn't like that much but there's no there constant like outside no like, no brains I mean when was the first movie that were they actually it actually was Return of the Living Dead see Michael said that then but yeah. I, you know I wasn't sure no he's absolutely right I actually heard that on one of the other Walking Dead now podcasts now it's like you know every single one they're all moaning and oh yeah brains and these were they were right they're relatively silent unless you were inflicting pain upon them. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting that you don't see a lot is they eat creatures other than humans. Like, there was yeah. one that was eating, like, a cockroach off the yeah, tree right. or something. They stop the paws, eat a bug. Yeah, so they will eat animals and insects and whatever they can find. Right. Which There's ravens for living flesh is what I... I got that they... Almost like they had a hatred for the living. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to put... They want to eat life. There's a zombie movie called The Dead Hate the Living. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bet they did. I noticed also that they didn't really look very decayed for the most part. And I, I think oh, that's I, probably a budget that thing. That was a budget because yeah. I saw a couple money shots where there was a guy with a pretty rotted face. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple in there. So it's, and Yeah, that they didn't really explain where those zombies came from. There's a nearby cemetery, but you think about, yeah. you know... 
zombies clawing themselves out of the ground, mm-hmm. that is a hard thing to do. That is an <laughs> impossible have, thing to do, actually. Yes, and, and they should have, if, if they were, their clothes. I mean, some of these people were, like, clothed like they just walked out of J.C. Penney. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have any mud or dirt on them. I mean, apparently sure. there was, like, I don't know, a field full of dead people. Maybe that's uh, an open grave cemetery. I don't yeah, know. it is. It's all <laughs> mausoleum stuff. Th- yeah, they came out of the crypts. Sure, there you go. Sure. Um, we also mentioned that the quality of the film was... Obviously worse than it could have been in 1968. Um, it's black and white. It looks like it was shot on inferior film. Because I've seen movies from 1968. Well, like, and they don't look like that. Omega Man made? Oh, Omega Man had to be 70s. I think 71, maybe? But, I mean, there's not that many years apart. And the film stock, I mean, that was very... I mean, we saw Blu-ray, and it looked gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it had been restored for, for Blu-ray. Right, and we were watching a, a, digital, a digital version, but still, I mean, the film stock for Night of Living Dead was just kind of yeah, it was lackluster, kind of a, an old old throwback uh, matinee horror style. Yeah, and I Ed the, Wood style almost. The, the music really lended to that yes. as well. Like it was very dramatic music uh-huh. with strings and right. piano. It was not contemporary at all. Not at all. Especially no. compared that to Omega Man had contemporary <laughs> like weird ass jazz music. Sure. Yeah. Inappropriate points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest thing. Okay, we'll talk about that yeah. later. Um anyway, did you want to talk a little bit about the like racial overtones? Because I didn't pick up a whole lot on that, even though I know they're there. I wasn't really looking for them. Well, I mean, I, I guess the only overtones I was getting was that there was, I thought that was some of the beef between Ben and, didn't you say the other guy was? Uh, Cooper. Yeah, it's like, you know, what's this black guy doing trying to run the show? Hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, I also thought it was kind of a little commentary that, you know, a mob of white people at the end killed this resourceful, intelligent black guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm bringing some of this to, to the table myself, but, uh, <laughs> uh I, I got it. I, I, that's what I got out of it. And I thought that was one of the reasons where that they chose to be black and white, but. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't really paying attention to that part what of it. What social commentary did you see? Um, not a lot. I, I mean, I know it's there, but I, I'm less interested in that with mm. the Night Living Dead. I was more interested in it from almost like a documentary perspective, like looking at Ramiro's earliest work. Plus, and that kicked it off. I mean, you can study that the same way people study Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, or, I mean, this is the this is yeah. Blaze's new territory. Exactly. They so, gave birth to a whole genre of, of film and Sonic. a genre that I love. Yeah. I mean, Huge zombie fan. There were a few things that I noticed while watching the movie. Like I said, I was trying to pick up certain things. Uh, They had a really, really effective use of the radio. I don't know if you remember when Ben was sealing up the house. The entire time, they were playing the news in the background, setting up all of the plot and all of the backstory while something interesting was going on on the screen. And something... That had to be done, and something where you could do it without saying any words. Yeah. And you would do it without saying any words. Who would talk while they're hammering boards onto a window? Is a way, like, if, if... You're right, it's so efficient. They they got away with giving us three minutes of yeah. exposition, 
and showing through like you would if, if they showed that without the exposition, you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh my effing god, why am <laughs> I watching this guy do chores? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen him hammer one board. Why like, thirty? It'd be like watching some dude winterize a home. Or if you just listen to the audio, you'd be like, oh, they're gonna just lay out the whole freaking story yeah, right, right, right now. Well, they had the characters just sit down and be like Basil exposition. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, but combining them, I think, was yeah, a stroke of genius. Very savvy. Very savvy. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the radio or the TV, I guess, uh, was this invasion caused by radiation? Is that what they said? Yeah. Radiation. I think what they said is it's from space. It's from the Mars probe. Yeah. They implied it was from some satellite or something. Yeah. That that had been sent to Mars or had an encounter at Mars or something. Uh And it came back and there was this burst of radiation and then people started coming back from the dead. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, alien radiation (laughs) created zombies. I like it. Um, I also noticed that in the house they were too scared to turn the lights off because they never turned the lights off. Even when it would make sense to do so. Because obviously it seemed like the zombies were attracted to the movement. And, uh, yeah, it would make sense to shut off the lights, pretend like you're not there. Because right. it showed a scene where the zombies were coming after them and they like lost track of them and they lost interest. Mm-hmm. And just started shambling around. So if you shut down the lights, be quiet, don't do anything... They might shamble off. Right. But I think they were just too scared to turn those lights off. That was kind of ironic now that you mention it, that, like, Ben was so resistant about going down to the, the basement or the cellar. Uh-huh. But he actually did that, and it saved his life. Well, it temporarily saved yeah. his life. It, 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 he lived through the, the initial crisis and, uh, you know, pretty pretty much passed out and fell asleep unconscious. So I, that yeah. I still think cellar is way to go. Okay, well, you can go to the cellar. I'll go upstairs, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Um, (laughs) The other thing that I thought was absolutely ridiculous, and this goes back to Tom and him being just this dumb country boy, man. He, uh, the gasoline scene, the scene where they're trying to fill up the gas, the truck with gas, and he goes out there, and they've got the torch out there, and they're fending off the zombies with the torch. He lays it on the ground. And then Tom just sprays gasoline everywhere. I mean, this man is hosing down the truck with gasoline. Yeah, right. They blow the lock off. He grabs it and just sprays it immediately all over the place. And, of course, everything catches fire. And then he drives off in the truck and it blows up. Right. Gee, imagine that. Like, <laughs> this is the clumsiest man in the world. Whoops. Yeah. There goes the fire and the gasoline. Again, stress me out a little bit to see, yeah. like, so much stupidity and incompetence. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I guess just a, a fun fact. When uh, Johnny says, they're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> he wanted to do your impersonation. I did. <laughs> He's actually in, uh, imitating Boris Karloff in some of his... Favorite. Really? Because I've never heard Boris Karloff in a speaking role. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about that, or are we ready to move on? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good to go. Okay, then we are going to move into zombie survival tip of the week. <laughs> All right. And this week, the zombie survival tip is be paranoid. Because sometimes they really are. <laughs> to get you. Yes, they are. In this case, the zombies want to get you. How does uh, paranoia serve you? Speaking of your capacity as a zombie expert, how's paranoia served you during the zombie apocalypse? Okay, the way in which paranoia serves you is it will keep you alert. It will keep you from doing the dumb things that you hate to see people do. Like, let's say you're walking 
through a hospital. And this, this will be taken right out of the Walking Dead trailer. Mm-hmm. Rick wakes up in the hospital. He's been shot. He has no idea what's going on. No idea that the zombie invasion has happened. And he's walking through the halls of the hospital totally abandoned. Now, he comes upon a set of double doors that say, don't open, dead inside. What do you do with those doors? I would... And they're barricaded. I would instantly shut the doors in the zombie's face and rebarricade it. No, no, no. I'm saying you just walk up to these doors. They're not open. Oh. They're barricaded shut. They say, don't open, dead inside. Oh, well... Do you open them? I don't know, because you gotta... In, in this circumstance, oh, God. in a completely abandoned hospital, you kind of got to see what you're up against. Now you're stressing me out, man. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a different way to do some recon, but I, I don't know. I just, you, I I just think you heed that, that warning. If you open the door and you see a cafeteria full of the walking dead, sure. you damn sure don't drop the barricade, stand there in horror until one of them grabs you. And fall over, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I would say paranoia would help you to avoid that situation exactly. Be paranoid when you see something written on the wall. Be paranoid when you hear a noise in the in the distance or behind you. Like turn around, but don't don't be so paranoid that you forget your other surroundings. Because if you spin around to hear a noise, to look at a noise, and three zombies are on the other side of you, you're going to get eaten. So you, you want to be paranoid to a certain level. Well, the other thing is, like, uh, you don't want to be the wandering hillbillies to shoot the survivor in the head just because he might be a zombie, too. Yeah. I mean, be paranoid, but, I mean, my idea of paranoid is, you know, entering a house, going through all the closets, making sure, and then yeah. still sleeping with your back against a corner. Yeah, or your back up against the door or something. Yeah, yeah. well, back against the door, that's that. they might get you there, but I'm talking about <laughs> a sturdy corner in the house, like, you know, and, and, and sleep with your back to that. Sure. Sitting up with a shotgun cradled in your arm. <laughs> yeah, be paranoid. Might save your life. <laughs> yeah, just don't treat it like the zombie apocalypse is everyday life. Don't act like you're going to work in the morning. Don't act like you're going yeah, to Walmart. How, how exhausting that would be to, like, you always have to have your gun up. Yeah. You always have to be on high alert. It'd be like a combat mission that never ends. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be unbelievable. Hopefully it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Not not uh, not very good odds on that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear? Speaking of odds, that I, the Vegas sports book has yeah. taken odds on when aliens will contact, and it's like, yeah, I would take that bet so fast on the one side because it's not going to happen. Yeah, not for I mean, a long like, yeah, time. Million dollars. It's just like for next year. Put a million yep. dollars on the one side because you will get a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. So, or it's probably what is that? So you'd have to put you'd have to get you have to put up a million to win a hundred dollars, or to win ten thousand dollars. Oh, is that right? If it's ten to one. That means you have to put if it's a hundred to one, you have to put up. If you put up a dollar, you win a hundred. On the converse side, you yeah. have to put up a hundred to win a dollar. Oh, okay. You need a million dollars to make ten. Ah, that's not worth it. No, not worth it at all. Unless you thought there's an outside chance of us making alien contact next year, and then. Knock yourself out. Put down $1,000 and you got a million. Hmm. I can't do math. I think you only have 100000 so. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We'll lay a billion to one odds. A billion? That zombies are going to invade next year. <laughs> so anybody with a billion dollars, put it down and you'll win one. Anyway, that's all I've got.
What do you right. What do you think? I'm uh, excited to see The Walking Dead. Oh, so am I. What AMC comes up with. Um, okay, before we leave, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. You can send your questions and comments to safehouse at zombiedrill.com. Uh, maybe some of our listeners can clue me in as to some of the metaphor and meaning behind Night of Living Dead. Go visit us on zombiedrill.com. There's a lot of stuff up there. I keep a blog, which I post to every day. Also, you can find our forums there. Uh, there's a link in the sidebar. And we just got accepted to the Walking Dead Podcast Network. It's run by the guys from forumforgeeks.com. Go over there, check that out. There are three other podcasts, I think. <laughs> there's the Talking Dead, there's the Walking Dead TV podcast. There's the Walking Dead cast. There's the Walking Dead cast, yeah. And then us. Yes. Also, we're on Twitter. If you go to twitter.com slash zombie drill, you can find us there. On Facebook, of course, just search for Zombie Drill, you'll find us. I was going to say they might, the listeners might be interested in the Zombie Survival cast. We've done, we've done. Oh, yeah. On, we did the Zombie yeah. Survival draft on baldmove.com, and we mm-hmm. also did, which which that's on our editor's choice. If you go to yeah. uh, baldmove.com, it's at the top. It's one of our top three casts. And uh, we also did a Zombie Survival, which I don't think we've released yet. We haven't released that yet. It'll and be coming out soon. We get that out cross-posted to Zombie Drill. Yeah, sounds good. And next week we will be doing a review of either Night of the Living Dead, 1990 version remake, or Dawn of the Dead. I'm not sure which yet. Depends on which one uh, A-Ron here wants to watch. I have no opinion, so whichever one you want to flick the on me. Okay, there's going to be Night of the Living Dead, 1990 version. Okay. Totally remade with different cast, everything. Is the same so. story, though? Uh, I don't know. I've never actually seen this one. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, that's the one. We'll have to both go into it as uh, virgins. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. All right, that'll do it for the Zombie Drill podcast, episode number two. Until next time, I'm Gino. And I'm Aaron. <laughs>